It's recording. Merry Christmas, everyone. This is Volleyball Explained podcast with uh, me, Bogdan, Ronnie, and Nikola. And we are here again to talk about uh, volleyball. This time, not only Italian volleyball, but also international volleyball. Because some weeks ago, I believe two weeks ago, uh, Sada Cruzeiro won the Club World Championship 2021 and Vakuf Bank won the same uh, tournament but in the women's uh, field. Uh, let's start with these uh, two topics. Sara Cruzeiro beat uh, Lube very uh, con- convincingly in the final and uh, Vakuf Bank beat Corneliano, Imokovoli Corneliano 3-2 in the final. But let's start with the, with the men. Uh, Sala Cruzeiro beat uh, Lube and uh, Lube beat before that Trento in a very dramatic uh, match. What do you think about, about this? And uh, taking into account that Italian volleyball is, uh, is probably at this moment better than, for example, Russian volleyball and Polish volleyball uh, uh, overall in Europe. Do you believe that this is some kind of an exception, Sada? And... Uh, Have you watched these matches and uh, what's your opinion on that matter? The only question I have is would, would have Sala Cruzeiro won if the World Championship will uh, take place in Italy or in other country in Europe? I believe that's the same reason uh, why we should not take this uh, title of this competition so serious. The Superliga is the best uh, championship in the world, with no discussion. I believe that in 10 games, in a series of 10 games, Lube or Trentino will beat Sala Cruzeiro seven times or, or, or more. Uh, but as you guys know, uh, both Italian teams were... Uh, Uh, came to this tournament uh, with a lot of games on their back and a huge trip to to Brazil which includes several stops and and, uh, and waiting uh, times in airports and protocols you know because of COVID and, and well I hard I, I find very hard to change from winter to summer in a very short period of time and you know uh, let's not make uh, a, a lot of excuses yes Trentino was uh, beaten by Cruzeiro uh, the same way that Civitanova was beaten by Cruzeiro 3-0 but they were not uh, playing with the same uh, with the same uh, in In, in equal grounds, let's say. So the Crusader have the back of the crowd. And uh, well, it, it was hard for, the, for them to, to play there. Uh, I will talk only about Chivitanova, you know, because it's the team that, that I, I care. Uh, they, they fight really hard uh, because Trentino was better in some, in some ways in that match, especially Micheletto. Uh, I really, I really uh, miss the fact that Trentino doesn't have a natural opposite. Maybe that was one of the reasons they didn't want. And like everybody knows, the game was uh, decided in uh, detail 
<laughs> nothing else. And it it was a good tournament overall, in my opinion. Even if the final was uh, completely uh, one side when uh, winning by Cruzeiro. Uh, Marlon Jan and Micheletto were for me the best oxide hitter, despite Marlon Jan didn't receive any any award. And it is uh, it is very good that we will have them in Italy playing for so many years, uh, and we will see more of these uh, good matches between them. And yes, overall. So Cruzeiro might won the championship, but is not a better team than Trentino or Luigi Vitanova. That's uh, that's my opinion. Yeah, probably we should uh, we should mention here that uh, uh, still in Cruzeiro there are a lot of very good uh, volleyball players, like uh, younger, for example, like the Cuban uh, Miguel Lopez, 24 years of age, uh, outside hitter or the former uh, already Brazilian uh, international player, was de Sousa, another international player of Brazil, Fernando Kreling. He's actually the backup setter uh, after uh, Bruno Rezende. And of course, Isaac Santos, the middle, the middle blocker. Uh, but I would like you to start a topic which we are going to... Um, uh, to carry on later when we are talking about the Italian Championship, but do you think, Nicola, that Trento, especially in this um, in this semifinal against Lube, is showing that their new system, uh, which actually surprised uh, their opponents in the Super Cup, is not working already that uh, that good? Because yeah, we know they are playing only in position four, and they lost to to, to Lube three three two in the in the semi. Well, uh, I wouldn't exactly take that game as an, as an example because, like like Corona said, the outer game uh, has been decided by by a couple of details. Would that Trento won? Probably this discussion wouldn't be so deep. But I think that playing without an opposite is limiting them, and not just what is done by thought, but uh, recently in an interview also. Uh, Nikola Gorbic uh, talked about uh, the same topic and and said that it's starting to show some um, some problems when it comes down to the option for uh, uh, for the setter because uh, if you have all the three uh, outside it receiving um, or in in let's say in in a defensive position where the team is serving at least. Uh, then when you attack, you just have half of the net uh, covered by the, the middle blocker or the outside hitter, which is actually in first, uh, the first line. So it's limitating, but at the, end there, on the other end, I think that it's not that with Pinali, things would have been so better. I mean, uh, if they're playing this system, it's because also in the mind of Lorenz Sapien, according to what he sees in training sessions, it's the best option for Trento. I mean, I don't think any trainer will play the, the worst option if I could have the one. And really, uh, when it comes down to the two games that Trento has played in the in the back in Europe, let's call it like that, uh, before the game against Verona, which make no no sense at all, 
Lavia was the, the MVP playing as an opposite, both in the Champions League against Fenerbahce and uh, in the Super League against Sterna. So it's adapting uh, costly, but he, he needs to, to work on a system that he's never played before. On the long run, I think that uh, it will probably have more benefit than deficit for Trento. Uh, obviously, they, they won't play it in a, in a final because I don't see Trento reaching a final. That, that's, my, that's my take. Yeah, we can uh, we can talk more about Luba and Trento in the Italian, let's say it in this way, part of the podcast. But let's go to the women's final. Yeah. Yeah, I just want to add uh, one thing. I completely agree with what Ronnie said at the beginning of uh, of his take. I mean, uh, congratulations to Sada. They play a tremendous tournament, but all the four club world championships Sada won has been won in Betim, in Brazil, on their own soil. So once they will win outside Brazil, uh, probably it would be a little bit more prestigious title. But so so far... I mean, I don't want to take credit away from them, but they need another step to, to be considered at the level of the European side. Because Lube and uh, and right now aren't even the best team in Italy. So if you send Perugia to, to Brazil rather than Lube and Trento, probably the other would have been different. So then take those two games as a meter of comparison to to the Italian league and the other leagues. And we are not talking about the fact that uh, Sada Cruzeiro won with everything they got and Lube couldn't play with uh, with Sizer, uh, because he is not even at 40 or 50% and Juan Torena either. So uh, with a dubious play of Ricardo Lucarelli that was starting to feel how the injury was growing inside of his body, and Marlon Young have to take care of uh, the business how long because Simon was uh, completely uh, outplaying by this uh, middle blocker Octavio in fact many Brazilians joke about the fact that Simon was schooled by this uh, this player I mean you can you can play one game better than Simon but Simon will play you better than you 10 games even more uh, in, in, a, in a season, you know. Uh, fun fact is that after this game in the Brazilian Superliga, Otavio had a really bad game. He was blocked, he, he was doing nothing. And it was in the Superliga of Brazil versus a team that was currently in seventh place, something like that. So uh, you can imagine how, how, how these uh, fans are coming to the Lube Chivitanova Facebook and commenting crap, you know, uh, Brazilian style. So, uh, yes, congratulations to Sada Cruzeiro, uh, Miguel Angel Lopez, uh, a fellow Cuban. And now we talk about the women, the women uh, tournament, which uh, was won by Bakif Bank. And we see the same again, the home team, wants the the thing with the crowd backing backing them uh, I expected more of of course Conegliano after the the long long streak but I think that you have to cut some slack from from the girls because they are being winning 
they they already won that tournament and they won the Scudetto, they, they won everything, Champions League uh, last year, so uh, it, it, it doesn't hard too much, it, it doesn't harm too, too much losing a title like, like, like this. They show the world that currently Bakif Bang and Conegliano are the best two teams in the world. Uh, Federbacho was never close to them, even if they won third place. And the Brazilian thing is that the 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 that that thing that we, we we talk about, they are good teams, but not that good. And when you go from your country, Brazil, and across the globe, you feel the 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 effort of the of the trip of the travel and the kilometers behind your back and uh, um, uh, even uh, sorry and. At the same time, the the jet lag, which is very important to 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 call in this situation, and it was a tournament that you have to play four games in four days with no break. So this make you uh, sloppy sometimes play under your level, and that's what happened with the Brazilian teams in that in this particular case. In this match, actually. Firstly, uh, Isabel Haag, the star opposite of Akiv Bank, scored 28 points. Paolo Egonu, the probably the biggest star of women's volleyball, scored 35. Still, as in previous matches, the match was very dramatic, very close. Uh, still, in different sets, there was a difference, uh, including in the, in the tiebreak. But what is interesting from a statistical point of view is that the contribution of the other uh, spikers of uh, the curve bank, like uh, the middle blockers, Zehagionesh and Chirakov Bogu, and also uh, Gabi Gimaraj, the outside hitter, was actually much bigger in terms of points uh, in comparison to, to what uh, the other spikers of uh, Imoko Corneliano did. For example, only... Uh, Plummer, the outside hitter of Corneliano, scored uh, two-digit uh, points. Uh, I believe 10 points she scored in this uh, in this in this match. And in comparison, actually three further players than Hack, Bogu, uh, Gunesh, and Gabi scored um, more than 10 points uh, for the Kivbank. And I believe this is the this is the most important uh, thing here that that the Kivbank, even though Hack is over all. They are playing more team volleyball than 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 Imoku did, at least in this in this match. And uh, this is a problem I see in in the in the in what Joanna uh, Volsh, the uh, the setter of Imoku Cuneliano, uh, is doing in is in matches like this. When the tough gets going, she's always setting the ball to to. Uh, To Egono, even even in situations which which are not appropriate in uh, in terms of it's not that complicated to set the ball always to Egono. Yes, Egono is the best player, uh, probably not the best in the world. I don't know between Egono, Boschkovic, and Hak. There could be some uh, controversies. Uh, uh, who is the best? Uh, I don't. I don't uh, actually think that we need to to compare them. They are. All of them are brilliant players and scorers, spikers. 
But I believe that at least in this match, uh, Vakov Bank won because they were playing uh, better and team volleyball. Nicola, do you want to talk about women's volleyball? <laughs> no, as you know, it's not exactly uh, my cup of tea, but uh, just to think about Corneliano that uh, newspapers be reporting, they have dealing with injuries uh, all season long. Even during that streak, we saw that there was not the same team that was comfortably winning uh, every game. They had to win some games to the tie break. So it may have played a role, but as I told you, I have no idea about the, the level of the game itself. Okay, that's it with uh, Club World Championship. Let's go to our main topic in principle, Italian League. Uh, The, the last time we reached um, round 11 and now we are going to talk about round 12, 13 and the first round from the so-called Ritorno return uh, stage when the, the teams start playing uh, one against each other uh, over again. Uh, let's start with the results. Of course, we have a lot of uh, matches uh, postponed due to COVID, which is a very unfortunate thing but it's a reality and we need to uh to fit with that okay let's start with the 12th round we have perugia monza 3-1 vibo padova 3-2 modena taranto 3-1 uh milano trentino the match uh, has been postponed uh verona beat piacenza 3-2 cisterna ravenna 3-0 13th round the derby match between lube and perugia perugia As a guest, beat Lube 3-1. Uh, Trento Cisterna 3-0. Modena, uh, Monza, Verona 3-2 in a very interesting and dramatic match. Piacenza, Vivo, postponed match. Uh, Padova, Modena 0-3. And Taranto, Milano also postponed. Uh, and in the first Ritorno uh, round match, we have Cisterna, Perugia 1-3. Uh, Verona Trento, probably the most uh, interesting match of those three runs and the, the very surprising result, 3-2 for Verona. After Trento was leading uh, 2-0, we are going to talk about this match a little bit more in, doubt, uh, in, in, in depth. Uh, Modena Monza postponed due to uh, COVID cases, Lau and Van Garderen uh, in, uh, in Modena. Ravenna Piacenza, another postponed match. Lube Padova, 3-0. And Vibo Taranto, also postponed. A lot of postponed matches. Uh, the ranking so far, Perugia with only one defeat uh, so far against the team of Molina in a tie break. Lube, 6 points, uh, 31, uh, 37 for Perugia in second place. Trento, 26. Molina, 25. Monza, 20. Piacenza 18, Padova 15, Milano 15, Verona 13, Cisterna 13, Taranto 10, Vivo 9, and Ravenna with two points. And they're going to be for sure relegated at the end of the season. And uh, I, don't, I don't think uh, anything could change this. Uh, let's start with the match between Perugia and uh, Lube. I don't think we need to, to, to go uh, to all teams because... Uh, 
some of them uh, played a very scarce amount of matches. For example, Milano has uh, only 10 matches and some teams has, have 13. But let's start with Perugia and Lube. Amazing match from Viofledo Leon, I believe 75% in attack. Uh, and uh, even though Perugia was playing without Matt Anderson and Kamil Rychlitski, they won 3-1 as a guest. Of course, we, we should uh, we should take into account that Lube is also playing without Quantorena, uh, even though Zaitsev is back. I have a, I have a question to Nikola. Nikola, you were talking about the problem with the opposite in Trento, but in this match against Lube, Perugia was playing also nominally almost without an opposite because Teister Horst playing as an opposite received only 11 balls in attack from from Janelle. Only 11 for four sets. This is a very small amount of balls. Do you believe that you can play in the in this way without an opposite when you have Wilfredo Leon in the team? Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly why you get just 11, 11 balls. I mean, if everything that Janelli said to Leon has been converted into a point, I don't see any reason to change it. But the fun fact about this game is that considering the absence of Riklitsky and Anderson, Perugia was basically the same team than last year, but with Giannelli instead of, uh, of Travitha. So we see uh, uh, how big the step for a team could be with a, let's say, better setter, because right now it's undeniable that Giannelli is a better setter than uh, than Travis. Uh, after saying that, uh, the game you said, Ronnie, could have ended 3-0 pretty quickly with, uh, with without the, the absence. But in my opinion, it should have ended 3-0 because the third set, the one Lube won, was thanks to the, let's say, the pride of the Lube's player. They didn't want to to get out of this match with a, with a, with a 3 deal, so they put everything they had in the third set, winning it 30-28, if I'm not wrong. They won it in uh, yeah 30-28, the advantages of, of the third set, so they, they they closed the game, not with with, that, uh, with a sweep. Uh, but Perugia right now is it's unplayable. Uh, I think that <laughs> any any team that will play against them regardless of if they have the entire roster available or with absence they, they will crush them and I'm not so sure that Lube will end in second place because Modena is on a roll and that is actually the, the only team that beat Perugia even if we know that that tie break, the one that decided Perugia Modena could have ended either way, it was just a matter of a of an ace and uh, and a block, but uh, yeah, Perugia will cruising to the end of the of the season with the the first place, and I also think they they will probably take the w- one of the two spots in the final of the Champions League. If not, they don't meet. Uh, they're not gonna meet uh, Civitanova during the process. Let's let's carry on with uh, Verona Trento. Uh... Zbertuli got injured uh, in the in the second or in the first set already. I, I don't the remember. First. In the first set, still uh, Trento succeeded in uh, in winning also the second set. Uh, 
in a long second set, very long, I believe, 27 or 30 to 28, I'm not sure. But it was very clear that with uh, with uh, Sperotto, Trento is playing much worse than with Bertoli, which is very, very normal. And in the end, Verona, uh, Verona uh, was able to turn around the match and win. What do you think about this match? Because we have some internal discussions. I to totally agree that uh, that Sperotto is not of the class of uh, of Sbertoli, and that was very significant. With but still, I believe that this problem playing on a half of a net, like Grebic said, was all another factor for for Verona winning and Trento losing a match they in uh, in theory should have won uh, easily. Well. Uh... I have to be honest. I'm probably not totally objective about the that game, so I may have said something that sounds more like the the statement of a fan than the statement of a, let's call it an analyst. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure that with Bertoli on the court, this game would have ended three 0 in less than one and a half hour. I mean, in the first set, Trento was attacking seventy percent. Verona had no clue about uh, uh, what to do to stop the the attacking trio of Trento. And uh, the second set, they won it 29, 30, uh, 31, 31, 39 for Trento. But once again, with Bertoli on the quarter set, would have ended maybe with Verona, with Verona reaching 18 or 20 points. If you if you watch the game, the miracles that Micheletto and Kaziski had to pull out to win some points were incredible. I don't want to put the entire blame on Sperotto because... Uh, uh, the guy basically has never played before in the past two seasons, so it's difficult to to find the timing, uh, to find the 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 measure. So, but most of their of its sets were were offset of timing. The player have to change the the pace uh, of approaching the, the the ball for attacking, and that's terrible. You know that you lose uh, more than half of the power and the accuracy if you change the pace while attacking. There was a set that Micheletto looked like uh, Michael Jordan at the end of Space Jam 2. He has to stretch his uh, his arm <laughs> for, for half of the court to get it for as bad as was the, the set. And Verona ended up with 21 blocks, blocks which yeah. has entirely racked up after Sbertoli exit. And I think that out of this 21, probably 15 are on the on the blame for uh, for Sperotto because Cadiz had to attack some balls against three men block and the ball was at the eight of uh, of his side so he didn't even know how to how to eat it uh, that was a game that actually at the end of the of the night pissed me off because there were two three easy points and and trying to uh, throw away to two points taking it apart we have to say that with uh, Rafael setting uh, Verona's game has improved a lot respect of uh, of uh, the one that we're playing uh, with Spirito. So once again, you see the difference that a setter could make in modern volleyball. Yeah, of course, uh, we should uh, we should tell in this regard that uh, it's very interesting fact, and I believe it's very controversial that Kaziski didn't play in the tiebreak. Actually, he did play in the tiebreak, but uh, was uh, into the game only for a serve. Uh, I believe that you have when you have Matej Kaziski, you can't leave him for tiebreak. Uh, and they they played in this in this tiebreak with Lavia and uh, and Micheletto and Pinali as an opposite. And uh, uh, when you have played uh, that much time with uh, 
with with this uh, three outside heaters system uh, for tiebreak you you, you can't leave uh, Matei out uh, yeah there are two reasons basically for that change uh, first of all that Kaziski was <laughs> its battery was <laughs> was totally low it was very tired you could have seen the fourth set uh, it, it really took a long time to get back from from attack and attack again and probably the thought that Lorenzetti had is let's say let's see what happened with Sperotto setting to Pinali, which is the the pair they have in training session because you know that in training session when they play six, six against six, uh, they, yeah. they they play together. So let's see if with someone that Sperotto is used to set to the thing uh, the thing will change. Same that happened with Cavuto because also Cavuto entered the game. Uh, they, they were, in my opinion, they were both uh, being sent in uh, to make uh, uh, Sperotto feeling better. Uh, and that's, that's the reason, in my opinion. That's it. Yeah, and some words about Verona uh, on my side. Uh, Verona is playing for sure much better than, than in the beginning of the season. And of course, I believe that the most, uh, the most obvious reason for that is the, how... Uh, he's, he has a second or third youth, uh, Rafael Oliveira, the, the former star of Trento. And Rafael is back. Rafael is back. Uh, very young thing in uh, his expression. It's uh, You can never say that he's uh, 42, I believe. And uh, the way he's playing also, also shows that. Uh, the other, the other reason is uh, Rok Mozic, the Slovenian international, uh, great player, even though he's only 19 years of age, uh, and another, another star for the future, uh, I'm sure. The other players, uh, not that great, but uh, good enough. For example, the, the progress of Federico Bonami since uh, Rado Stoichev took over uh, the team of Verona is very visible, at least in my opinion. Uh, and uh, also Matiensen is improving his game with, with Rafa on the court and not uh, Lucas Pirito. So uh, Verona, Verona is better. And uh, I believe that uh, uh, in, in some uh, circumstances, uh, in certain circumstances, uh, Verona can reach also the, the playoffs. It will be it will be difficult, but uh, but not uh, but not impossible. Okay, uh, I could suggest to make the break here, and after that, I would suggest to, for Nicola actually to explain what is the COVID situation now, and we can then carry on with with uh, some other teams and matches. Okay, we are back to the second half of the podcast and we will discuss now the COVID situation with the recent uh, uh, cases, uh, which include teams like uh, Piacenza, Lube, uh, Perugia had COVID cases uh, a very few weeks ago, Trentino, and many other teams that now see how the COVID affects uh, their, um, let's put it that way, the participation in the championship. Hopefully, there, there will be a few more cases, but they will not break uh, the, the good path in this championship. Um, let's see if, if we can have the Coppa Italia at the end of uh, January. Let's see. <laughs> 
Uh, now Nicola will do his, uh, let's see, uh, <laughs> inform, inform us and give a lecture about how hard is uh, this uh, COVID thing in, in Italy right now. Well, uh, let's start telling it uh, according to the actual protocol. Uh, you could uh, delay uh, and postpone uh, uh, a game if a team has more than three uh, cases of COVID in, uh, in, uh, in, the, in the roster, in the squad. Uh, if there are less than, uh, the, than three, than four, actually, because you need more than three, uh, you, will play, you will play the game. Uh, as happened to Perugia, that was without Mengozzi, uh, Riklitsky, Anderson, and, and we mentioned before. Um, and Verona uh, right. today. And Verona today, and Verona for example. today, exactly, which is without Bonami, Aguenier, and, and Cortesia. Uh, the problem is that uh, sometimes you, you use those, uh, let's call them, uh, quick test to find out whether uh, you're positive or not. And then uh, after... Uh, uh, more uh, deep the test that is only possible uh, some hour uh, after the, the the quick ones. Uh, uh, some players are find that they were negative, so they they could uh, they could have played. It's what happened with uh, Modena against Monza. That just twenty minutes before the game, uh, Modena already had a uh, positive in the in the morning. That was uh, Martin Van Garderen. So they tested the team with the quick test. And they found out there could have been uh, other six or seven uh, uh, positive according to this test. So they postponed the game, uh, the game that which will be played tomorrow, because uh, at the end uh, there are just uh, another uh, positive player, which was uh, actually still is Ioan um, Di Leal, uh, while uh, Rossini, which was the other on the on the line, uh, will be back in uh, in the team. Uh, the problem is that, uh, as you know, guys, uh, you need to complete the andata to to set the bracket for for the Coppa Italia. Uh, so the they're trying to to reschedule those games that has been delayed and postponed for the uh, for those those uh, those COVID seasons. So tomorrow, uh, which is uh, the 30th of, uh, of of December, we will have. Uh, two games from the 15th round, one game from the 12th round, and one game from the, the uh, 14th round. Uh, the one between Mola and, uh, and Monza uh, that uh, has been rescheduled for, for tomorrow. Then will be Milano-Trento, which is actually the last game of the Andata, because as Ronnie said, Trento need one point at least to end the Andata on the third, uh, on the third spot. And so to avoid an eventual semi-final against, uh, against Perugia, because uh, as of the standing of the end of the Andata, Trent and Modena had the same points, but Modena had more wins, so uh, they will be uh, on a higher, an higher position. Uh, yesterday happened something incredible, in my opinion, here in Italy, because at 20 to 6 in the, in the afternoon, Lega Volley rescheduled um, Piacenza-Vibo-Valencia for tomorrow, 
20 minutes later, Vivo Valencia said that they have five COVID cases. And then, of course, the Lega Volley had to uh, cancel uh, Piacenza Vivo Valencia and reschedule, I don't know, I think in the middle of, of January, hopefully. But my question is, didn't they even pick up the phone and ask the team if they were everything okay? Or they're just trying to fit the games in the only available spots uh, they have? It's, uh, it's becoming a problem. And it's also in the women's uh, volleyball where they couldn't end the Andaka, so they have to, to find out a way to calculate the points uh, for the teams to rank them from the first to the, to the eighth place and to, to pair them for the quarterfinals. So I hope things will, will get in better. Um, but by the actual protocol, it's, it's, it's difficult because... Um, Basically, every one of the players is uh, without symptoms. Uh, so they, they're basically positive, but they hopefully don't have uh, um, healthy uh, problems. But it will be enough to, to postpone or to cancel any other game in the future. I'm not going to tell any Frank about this without symptom things because YouTube will kick us out. No, no, no. I'm, I'm not talking about uh, the less, less uh, leave all the medical things out i mean i'm not uh, uh, a doctor so i was talking i mean i'm just talking about the protocol itself yeah it yeah for sure but this is this is a very significant problem because if three years ago someone has tell us that we are going to post mode matches for uh sick people who are actually not sick we, we are going we are going to laugh that that's that's the that's the problem i understand what the situation is but it's it's a little bit of an absurd uh, I, uh, when when it's when it's not six people, yeah, but I, but still okay. Let's let's not uh, let's uh, I was, let's uh, not I, cover this. I was going to ask the same thing to Nicola because I, I I I understand that people get sick and all that, but it's very dubious now that everyone at the same time is getting sick. Uh, come on, man! Do, Without really, symptoms, really. So uh, uh, I see that some of the teams want to rest, some of the teams want to reevaluate the situation in their organization, like Ravenna, for example, which is not the case because they already know that they will going to get demoted. But for example, Bill uh, uh, Valencia has many reasons to do it because they are now in in deep shit and they they need like let's see what we can do and Louis of course it's in second place they don't they don't really need it but in I can understand if some of those cases are uh, you know not real maybe they 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 need rest uh, some players I have the information that uh, Marlon Jan he, doesn't have any symptoms. They the the PCR tests only uh, uh, come back with a positive result, even with Simon. And uh, yes, uh, look, it is it is what it is. Now you know if you don't if, if you are tired or something like that, it is convenient to <laughs> take more days. And I see. I think the league can do uh, a few series of investigation because you know 
they are betting houses, they are uh, people that want this to be over in the schedule, you know, and this implies that when those uh, players come back from COVID, they will have to play more matches in in a in few days. So uh, on, only because they want to rest a little bit more. So yes, that's that's the situation. Okay. Uh, uh, I, I, I yeah. totally disagree oh. with what you said. I mean, <laughs> I can't imagine a team deliberately, uh, I don't know, faking a, a test or something like that just to rest one day now and then to play 10 games in 20 days because the, the season is ending. I mean, it, it's, it's just the, the situation of how it is right now. And it could have been uh, handled better, that's definitely, but, but I don't think any of the team in the Superliga, uh, Vivo, for example, uh, Nelly, which is a, a, new, a new signing for them, played against Perugia. Uh, with the player that uh, were uh, they diagnosed with the, the cases two days later. Uh, so then he came to, to Vibo and to train. And the problem is, as we said, that uh, they are healthy. So uh, they don't have uh, the uh, the alarm. I don't know, it's not uh, the sound <laughs> that uh, that they could have it. But I I, 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 don't, I mean, I don't see how a team could uh, could do something like that. I mean, we're not in a gangster movie, guys, within the, the real world. And for the same way that they, the betting houses want them to play, the team also want to play. The, the, they, can't, they can't have tw but 20 games in one month. I mean, uh, Let's see. If you are Piacenza and you have your setter and your opposite with COVID, but you don't have any more uh, cases, you need one more or two more to say, look, I can play. You don't think it's convenient, even with that, to lose points, even with, look what happened to Trentino. They lose versus Verona. This is a game that Trentino, even without Esbertoli, cannot lose, you know. So this is a, these are three points, like I, want, I like to call it. And let's see, if the game is versus Perugia, okay, let's play it. We already know that we are going to lose. But if the game is versus Ravenna, or something like that, uh, points that really matter for them, I don't think they will play without their main setter and opposite and risk to lose even a point, you know. So, uh, for so, I mean, they could fake it, you know. It is, uh, it is a common practice. I don't... I don't think there there is anything that didn't think about it. You know, if 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 I, I I only have two cases, and they are important players, and I have an important match to win, and I know that without those players, I I might lose. I could you know say that tomorrow are with COVID and wait one week or ten days and go back to the to the trainings because you know. Losing points is uh, for for people like Bernardi, which is uh, not very good spot right now. For for all all the losses, well, it it is hard. It is hard, and uh, and yes, maybe maybe you say you you see this like a movie. Maybe people don't don't really do that, but it is what it is. 
they are playing for the play spots and the Coppa Italia spots too. And, you know, at, at the at the end of the season, all those things uh, matter. So let's see what happens in the future. Okay. Uh, I will leave now you the possibility if you want to talk about something that impressed you in the last matches, for example... Uh, I was a little bit impressed from what Cisterna did against uh, Perugia in the first set. Of course, then things uh, go along what we can expect. But still, for example, Tommaso Rinaldi played very well in this match. And I, I would like to, to emphasize that. Do, do you like to mention before the end of the, of the episode, no, the last episode for the year? I, I just want to comment about the the future of the league you know we we know that the league will will stay strong despite all the problems young young and good talents are, are showing up like Micheletto, Jan Mosic and of course not so young but still young to be put in the same category as Rinaldi which is the same age of Jan and, and Micheletto, of course, Botolo, Lavia. And, you know, talking about the top teams, the strong teams, um, I think we will see a, a, a new Lube Civitanova starting from the next year. Uh, the injury of Lucarelli opens so many questions for them. Uh, I, I I would like to see, of course, now that Osmani Juan Torena decides to step away and go to Asia to uh, end his career. Um, uh, I would like to say uh, I I would like to see if Lube can invest more in their uh, national talent. I'm talking about guys like Botolo. I'm talking about guys like. Rinaldi, but I think Rinaldi uh, is only uh, uh, a player that is. Uh, I mean, he belongs to Modena, but is it's playing. On loan. He is on loan, of course. But but you know, you need to these uh, Italians, youngster, young young players to to take part in big organizations to them to them uh, keep developing his game. And let's see, Lube is one of those teams that will have to re rebuild 100% next year if they want to keep competing at the same level. I, I think they want, they, they will decrease their level despite the efforts of players like Simon or Marlon Jan. But uh, this is a necessary thing to do because, you know, Teams uh, always uh, make made these changes, like Trentino when the Kaczynski Juan Torena era ended, and such. You know, it is uh, it is what it is. Let's see which which team choose these these guys in the at the end. I I fantasize with the idea that maybe. Lavia could join Marlon Jan in Lube Civitanova, but I got informed that he has uh, been cool with, uh, with Trentino uh, three more years or something like that. So for me, Trentino only have to uh, get money 
to hire a good opposite and and see if Esbertoli is capable of bringing the titles, you know, with with his expertise uh, because they really have everything. They have the both the the two oxide hitters of the national teams, one uh, two of the best right now in the world. Uh, even if Lavia, it's sometimes uh, uh, he he like to fell uh, fell short. You know, you know what I mean. Uh, maybe people create so much expectation about about him, and at the end he 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 don't do that uh, well or. He fell short, or you know, it is is something that maybe with the time he can catch up. And you have, of course, Micheletto that that he I I knew recently that he is not two meters and five like everybody was uh, was saying. He is two meters and eleven centimeters, so it is impressive with that uh, height. What what he can do. So uh, let's see if he stays healthy for the future and uh, wait uh, good good things about about him, especially with the Italian national team. That um, I don't buy they they are the European champions. They just have the easy path to the to the to the tournament, even if they are young young players. Janelli uh, may be young, but he's not new to the game, so uh, he he used very well his weapons, and let's see what happened with them in the World Championship. Now Nicola comes and say, "Now nah, you know, shut the fuck up." <laughs> 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 I hope that the youngster will develop as better uh, at their best soon. Cool. Yeah, I mean, I would add here also Luca Paul, who is. Uh, 18, 19 years of age, who I believe that he will be the best to uh, besides besides Micheletto. From, from what I hmm. saw in the in the U19 World Championship. Uh, the only thing I don't yeah. like is that Perugia, like always, doesn't like to invest in the young talent, you know, because they only have bigger stars and which doesn't come from from Italy, so that's that's the real uh, point of exclamation here. Even with Gianelli, but Gianelli is not a young player anymore, so uh, he already has 26, 27 next 20, year. 25, he's 25, 26 next year. Okay, so uh, yes, uh, I mean, they could try to hire a bottle or something like that, Maybe they take that away from from Lube. I don't know. No, with with all the money they have, they should start to 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 have uh, the young the academy the the teams. Perugia doesn't have it. They just nominally have one because uh, all the team in the Superliga are uh, it's mandatory if you want to to be the Superliga to have. But in ten years, Perugia hasn't taken a single player from the youth teams to the Superliga. That's it. And the only player that first wore Perugia shirt and then the Italian's national team is Piccinelli, which basically, I, I wouldn't say that 
let's say the contribution of Piccinelli in the national team uh, so far <laughs> it's it's limited. So yeah. that, that's something that there's been a big discussion there. I mean, Perugia will probably won the title they want uh, <laughs> this year. So hopefully <laughs> they start thinking about the, the Italian movement after that. But yeah, the, the league uh, is keep attracting talents. They there will be new ones, old ones like Rafa that will that will help the the youngster to 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 develop and rise the level. And talking about the other the other teams of the league, as Bogdan was was asking, I also think that Cisterna with a bunch of players that I've always played at a let's say um something above uh, an average level and i mean talking about raffaelli and talking about the the setter itself because barnovic uh, a part of a couple of years is maybe has underperformed during during his career right now he's having a great run with this surprise which is the croatian opposite uh, um, uh, peter berlich that uh, last year was the backup of uh, um uh, abubakar in uh, in uh, Valencia, and this uh, this year has the 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 chance to to play, and they just need to to build a little more of confidence because the game they played in Trento was uh, the two two game days ago was a training session. I mean, they they've been blown out in less than one hour, but the, you see that the, the 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 team itself has got uh, could build a good chemistry, and uh, as well as Bogdan said. The last, let's say, that the eighth place for the playoff will be a a great uh, a great question mark because yeah, Padua is playing good, but in my opinion, they have uh, overperformed during the 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 andata and have probably more points than they they actually deserve. So with Verona in the end and Cisterna that could have a, on the long run, uh, that, that that would be that would be interesting. On, on the other teams, you can say a lot because, as you said, some teams play just one game, some teams play three yeah. uh, with or without the key players. So um, most of the results is basically coin tosses, and we have seen more tiebreaker in the past two games than in the previous uh, five game days. So yeah. uh, right now, it's also difficult to find a, a especially common... especially Verona. Uh, they played three tiebreak games in the last three matches. In a row, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see. Okay, I believe that that was quite enough for today. A very viable conversation in the at the end uh, about the future of Italian volleyball with all the Micheletto, Ravia, Botto, Rinaldi, De Luca, and Paolo Poro, of course, also his brother, the setter, uh, who is playing for Milano. And uh, thank you again for watching. Thank you again for listening for all the year of all 2021. Uh, expect us also in 2022. Uh, have a nice uh, New Year's Eve uh, and uh, Happy New Year uh, from, from now. And we'll be back very soon uh, with all those matches which, has, which have to be played uh, very soon in the Italian League. Thank you again for watching. Thank you to both Nicola and uh, Ronnie. 
for being that uh, with that great expertise on Italian and not only Italian volleyball during 2021. And I hope that we're going to create uh, even better content in 2022. Happy New Year uh, and uh, see you and uh, yeah, listen to you very soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Buon anno.